Welcome to Trust the Wizards podcast, how to look good naked. My name is Gok Wan. This evening, Rebel Rickett is wearing Bermuda shorts with tassels. He's wearing a, uh, a jaunty top hat, feather boa, and he's uh, wearing a large sunglasses with flamingos on the top. Mm-hmm. He's also wearing uh, Bolton Wanderers slippers and uh, knee pads for skateboarding. And I just want to describe what Kicker Rolls is wearing. Because <laughs> to look at him, you'd never understand his heritage. You'd never understand it. He's got his base coat on. He's got his rouge on. Rouge. He's got his lashes on. Rouge, oh, people! Eyelashes. He's got his blonde wig. He looks fabulous. Yeah. Absolutely fabulous. And at the top, he's obviously wearing the Ed Sheeran t-shirt. Yeah. For ironic effect. <laughs> and he's wearing, he's wearing a green uh, spray-on tan on the legs. He looks fabulous. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I feel yeah. very, very natural in what I'm wearing. And uh, I'd just like to have a look at... Uh, Could be yourself. Uh, yeah, be yourself. Chimitha Garbanzo is... Well, it's it's a bold outfit, you'd have to yeah. say. I mean, he's he's gone he's gone for the knee down look here. Really, he's got yeah. he's, he's got uh, little white socks on uh, with his ballet pumps. Yeah. Uh, but what's most striking about the whole look is is the the full length uh, QPR stocking, not sock, uh, covering his manhood. Uh, he's he looks fine, fine, fine. Uh, and he really does not need anything above that, but he has gone for a teeny tiny little bow tie, uh, which seems to be rotating in 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 a, in a manner very much like my accent, which has gone all over the place. <laughs> and a cheeky smile. For me, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we're very very lucky to have here tonight a, a real fashion guru, yeah. uh, Roger. What would you say? Fashion changes with the speed of light these days. I'm seriously thinking of abandoning clothes altogether in favour of baked-on striped paint and a small loincloth.
welcome to the Trust the Wizards podcast. Yay. My name is Rebel Rickett, and you have the dubious pleasure of probably accidentally alighting on the Trust the Wizards podcast, where we're under the weather. So much so that I am joined by a man who is a rider on the storm to go and meet the rainy day woman. He complains that raindrops keep falling on his head and laments that at least it's not even purple rain. He has even resorted to singing in the rain. Oh no, it's getting worse. It's like a hurricane. Then lightning strikes, not once but twice. But please God, let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow on Chirizo Garbanzo. But conversely, here is a man who is blinded by rainbows as he sees little fluffy clouds. And look, here comes the sun. Feeling like Mr. Blue Sky, he's somewhere over the rainbow with the Sunshine Superman. In fact, he's walking on sunshine when he turns to his favourite wizard to declare, you are the sunshine of my life. It's Kicker of Elves. I don't know about you, wizards, but sometimes... I'm stifled for inspiration. Really? Yeah. Sometimes I get to a point where like, I don't know what I want to listen to. Right. But you want to listen to something different, yeah. something that inspires you, uh-huh. and where, where do you go for inspiration? Well, I always listen to our podcast, personally. As you should. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. But sometimes, when after 24 hours listening to our podcast... <laughs> back yeah, to back. <laughs> yeah, I have to go somewhere else. Yeah. And I went to the Louder Than War website. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of the same. And, um, and I, I wasn't expecting a great deal. Be honest with you, uh, and I, I read this article uh, on a, a, a musical act uh, called Cobby and Lytton. Lytton, yeah. uh-huh. uh, and uh, it said it was half ambient techno downbeat, mm. um, like like Fila Brasilia. I've no mm. idea. Yeah. Um, and um, so it so lists Steve Cobby's uh, background, uh, and um, it, it was compared to Erwin Welsh, the stunning new voice of British fiction. Well, that's quite interesting. The both people are from Hull. Mm. Uh, apparently, the uh, what's his face, Lytton, uh, it's got a big background in uh, trip hop or mm. dream like that, yeah. you know, uh, downbeat techno electronica, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, and was um, he in Fila Brasilia then? In Fila Brasilia, yeah. Well, is, yeah. He was half of that, Steve right. Cobby. But more important than that, uh, they were offering their album "My People Come from the Sea" mm. as a a thing you can buy. Like you guys do, mm. you can buy there's hundred of them, yeah. and they'll put the number on the back. Limited edition. Limited edition. It's a limited edition. Thirty eight out of a hundred. Yeah. You've got there. I was yeah. absolutely thrown uh, that yeah, thirty eight of a hundred. Yeah. Not only that, but the cassette I may have mentioned in an earlier podcast, where they're right on the back, sold out. Thank you, FBR. So that's kind of the same band, is it? I, th- I would imagine so. I've not played it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you can't. Yeah, because I can't. <laughs> But, uh, but uh, I, mean, I think you've listened to the album, haven't you? I have, um, yeah. It's a very, very strange thing indeed. It's a remarkable piece of work. And it does have that, uh, the, the um, discordant beats and mm. ambient sounds in it, yeah. with um, the, well, not really shouty, but the sardonic, lyrical... Um, strident. Strident presentation, yeah. And uh, I'm going to play a, a song called Tinder Surprise. Mm. Which is a surprise, um, <laughs> because you've got to say that the, the central character is a rather tragic figure, yes. um, who uh, has a, a, a string of failed relationships, I think you've got to say, behind him, uh, and he's not living a particularly glamorous life, and he's using the app Tinder 
um, to, I'm not sure if it satisfies, he doesn't seem to be getting a great deal out of it, but he's having a nice voyeuristic moment, uh, which, which seemed, seemingly could change his life, even if it hadn't done up to that point. But anyway, see what you think. Here's Cobby and Little with Tinder Surprise. clothes out of Freeman's catalogue. I've got a nearly new once used car and I like my coffee black but that doesn't mean I'm a psychopath. Tinder surprise just slide left just slide left love me love my life I got 15 kids and five ex-wives. I like to look in the mirror when I'm by myself. I can fall downstairs and I can put up shelves. Just slide left. Tinder surprise. Just slide left. Love me. Love my job. I'm an underqualified cultural slob. I don't work days, but I do do nights. You can find me in my basement with my box of earthly delights. Slide left. Just slide left. Love me. Love my disease. I never ask for anything of anyone, never learnt to say please. I'm an outpatient, Mondays to Thursdays. Then at nine on the dock, I'm back in the big house and I'm tucked up in my cot. Just slide left. Tinder surprise. Tinder surprise. Just slide left. I suddenly found myself all alone at the age of 49. So I poured my heart into the palm of my hand for 179. Just slide left. I can't read the text. Can't afford the eyewear. The only one of my senses left is gristle in my chest. I got gristle in my chest. In my chest. Just slide left. So I invested £1.79 in the modern apparatus. And I held a seance in the palm of my hand. The noonday demon visited me in the middle of my life when the hands were painting upwards. The noonday demon swooped down, fastened its teeth on my neck. I discovered a bald spot. I became unsure of myself in social situations. The demon whispered to me on the night, the noonday demon. They're not looking at you for a reason. 
This is what the demon said to me. The demon told me to spend £1.70 now on a modern apparatus and to slide left. Slide left. Just slide left. Just slide left. Tinder surprise. If I don't do something with the second part of my life, there will be no surprise. I know the names of the bus. I know the numbers on the bus. I know the numbers on the bus. And the right money. I've got the right money. I've got the right money. I've got the right money in my anorak pocket. Tinder surprise. Just slide left. 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 I still write to my kids. Friends dance in the other room. They've left me on my own. They say if I don't join them, I might as well go home. All these happy people are making me feel sad. The so-called best days of our lives are the worst I've ever had. I want to tell the strangers here that I'm out with all my friends I'm not the loser in the corner all alone for the weekend No, I don't need checking up on, I enjoy my company Things are okay over here, yes I'm content just being me Though I know that this dance floor needs me I'm not being funny it's just that I'm shy This dance floor needs me Give it one more song And maybe I will try I wish I could dance like no one's watching Dance like I'm not stopping But I can No, I can't even stop. Is anyone sat here? May I pull up a chair? I see you've got a table. I thought that we might share. My friends are in the other room. They've left me on my own. Please tell me how you feel, because I'm not ready to go home. I know I'm getting on, but I can't the change I was dancing every week but now it feels a little strange I think my days are numbered within this old nightclub should I stick to a late bar or stay in an old man's pub I want to lose it on the floor but I've lost my motivation now I'm rooted to the spot for another song's duration I'm trying really hard so I'll wait here at this bar because moving is a mission Though I know that this dance floor needs me I'm not being funny, it's just that I'm shy This dance floor needs me Give me one more song and maybe I will try 
Sometimes I don't want to dance And my friends call me a fool But they say there's strength in numbers I see that we are two I can hear the music play So here's what we should do I'm gonna take you by the hand And we'll go show our friends next door Let's down our drinks in here And we'll head for the dance floor I'm shy This dance floor needs me Give me one more song And maybe I will try I wish I could dance like no one's watching Dance like I'm not stopping And you've just heard This Dance Floor Needs Me uh, from the album Beneath Your City As You Dream by Robbery, uh, which is spelled R-O-B-B-E-R-I-E, uh, available from robbery.com. And they're called Robbery because it's like an amalgamation of the three people's names. There's a Robin, uh, Valerie and somebody else. Oh. I can't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beryl, maybe. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, the album's very good. We've played one of their songs on our on our podcast before. Oh, uh, best of a best of a year podcast. Quite some time ago, we played the song uh, Seven Hills," which was about this. I look up on I look down on this city and see the seven hills. It's, it's about Sheffield or Rome. Uh, mm. Hold on, Sheffield or Rome? Which one? Well, they're from Sheffield, but but uh, Rome is also built on seven hills, so it could be. It could be, Rome. but I think they're singing about As Sheffield. Is Dundee. Dundee is built on seven hills as well. well so. Yeah. Well, it, it could be any of those places, but it's Sheffield. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where they're from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very good album. Lots of uh, nice acoustic mm. stuff. Fantastic, fantastic harmonies. Mm. Yeah. They can sing then, can't they? Yeah. 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 Unlike the bloke in the song before. It needs to sing. Not really. It doesn't need to sing. No, he's just <laughs> shouting. Um, well, not shouting, but it reminded me of... Uh, Humdrum Express, who we played on a recent podcast. Yes, I did. That's uh, it, yeah. Mick Artistic, mm. very much mm. Mick Artistic, who we saw live. Sort of a rather weird Yorkshire bloke shouting. That's that's Mick Artistic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, it's like being at home. Jegsy Dodd. Yeah. Jegsy Dodd. Is he Scouse? I don't know. He's on Pro Plus. Yeah, Scouse. He's a Scouse guy, isn't he? Yeah. Similar kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's great. great. I really it's like not, it. Yeah, it is. It is. I'd be interested to hear hear more of that. Weirdly enough, I've got another song recently which with the same title, Tinder Surprise. Good luck. I can't remember who it's by, uh, but it's um, I got it off the Loud Women e-zine. Uh, with Loud Women is a, is a club night in, I think it's either in London or Brighton or possibly both, of sort of riot girl stuff. They play people, people like the Women's Institute, who we've uh, featured on the podcast before. I can't remember what the band were called, but they have a song which is about 45 seconds long, which is called Tinder Surprise. And it's, it basically shouts, I can't remember if it shouts, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, or if it shouts, swipe left, swipe left, swipe left, for the whole song. Hmm. What does it mean, the swipe left bit? 
Does that mean you've accepted him and you want him to be your friend him, or you're going to reject well, I'm, him? I'm not on Tinder, so... No, but I, you've got <coughs> teenage You're on Grindr, kids, are you? Is that, I'm more your Grindr. Does that work yeah. the same way? Yeah, but I think you found my teenage kids don't talk to me about the activities on Tinder <laughs> okay, right, or okay. any other <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> app that may okay. be available. So, But he says in the song, he says, swipe left. Just swipe left, yeah. So he's trying to persuade the person to accept him. Or, yeah, I think so. We sound like such a bunch of old fuckers, don't we? Isn't it time for us to catch up with Stephen Jones? Again. <laughs> yes, yeah. again, yeah. Ex Baby Bird fella. He's uh, probably had another eight or nine albums out since we last played one of his tracks, which was only about six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's, it's time for me to, to give you the, the facts and the oh, numbers. Okay. So I yep. can tell you that in the year 2016, which we're what? Three quarters of the way through. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's released 214 tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got this new double album called Rainbow Unicorn, which uh, is due for imminent release. I'm very excited about Another receiving that. Another double album. Another mm. double album, yeah. Um, so this year he's released uh, as Black Reindeer. We've had music to... These are all full albums, by the way. Yeah. Mm. We've had Music to Die 2 and uh, Music to Die 4 and Extremely Tender. That Black Reindeer is the mostly instrumental soundtracky type stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. There's, there are some voices, but it's not really singing. Like yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, then he's also re- released an album as the Fetal Sparrow, which is called Gravity Reverse. Um, <laughs> as Stephen Jones is released, I wasn't there at the time, uh, but he, he was actually there because he was <laughs> on the recording. Yeah. Uh, as Outsider is released, If I Had a Gun and Gold Rabbit, mm. and then rather confusingly, as Gold Rabbit. He's released Gold Rabbit Greatest Hits, <laughs> of which there were not very many, uh, but there's a full album of new songs. Uh, he's also released an album as Stephen Jones featuring Trucker, which is called Damaged and Beautiful. Uh, an album as Boat Rider called Boat Rider. Uh, you'll like this one, Rebel. Mm. An album as The End of Europe as The End of Europe. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> that seemed to come out about 15 seconds after the referendum. It did, like, yeah. Like, like he wrote all those songs in that period. <laughs> it yeah, it's, it's, it's a good listen. Um, and uh, finally, of course, and very exciting, he's, he's, still, he's still recording his baby bird, and uh, we've had Life After Death, uh, People Do Stupid Things, and his most recent uh, baby bird album, and the album we're going to play a track from, is called This Place Is Shit But I Love You. <laughs> and very, very excitingly in my world, a lot of these things are downloads. But actually over the last sort of six months or, or year, he started to release very, very limited editions of physicality. <laughs> and you bought in yeah. a box which had... What was it? His snot or something? What no, was it? Was a tear. He had a tear in one. <laughs> it wasn't a tear. It was a teeny tiny little bottle of his breath that was that was, that was captured <laughs> during during the recording. But he's actually he's gone beyond that. We've got I've got like, all these ridiculous packages now that don't fit anywhere. But I, I, I no, I'd imagine they would. I do. But it's sort of in tin. He tends to go for tins. He uh-huh. likes a tin. Now, we had a quadruple album which was in a in a tin of some form. <laughs> anyway, I brought I brought today the this place is shit, but I, but I love you, which com- comes in this form. And it's uh, a tin. Can I describe it to the listener? Yeah, please do. Yeah. It's a tin on the front cover. It's a silver tin, uh, 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 sort of uh, rectangular. On the front it's like cover. Like a snuff box, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. And on the front cover is a uh, picture, a stick, a round sticker mm. of a sort of rather cutesy uh, cat with yes. very big round eyes and if you shake it it makes this noise 
And that's not a percussive instrument. There's <laughs> well, something in there. There's something in there. There is there there are a number of things in there, including, to be fair, his bottle of breath, which which didn't didn't originally come in there, but I now store it in there. Right. Because okay. where else would you store it but in a snuff box with a cat on it? Yes. Um, yeah. Is there is a uh, Toenail clippings. Is there toenail clippings? No, in there? I can yeah. tell you that in there, he, there are what he. Can I open it? And not not yet. Okay. There are there, there are what Stephen himself describes as trinkets. Uh-huh. Um, but there's also the the format of this latest album, um, and so what a lady thing. What in what format could the album come that would be inside? Is it some kind of playable? Is it's it playable. Yeah. A pen drive. Oh, USB stick. On a very, very mini CD. They did them, didn't they? With incredible small TV tiny CDs. Or an SD card. Or okay, we well can open yeah. the tin now. Okay. So be, please don't let his breath out. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it is a USB uh, card, right? Oh, that's that's beautifully done. I have to yeah. say. <laughs> if you can get it over the I tin. I can't get it the tin. I have to turn it uh, upside down. All right, there we go. So that's is that a USB stick? Yeah. Now, can you get it open? You don't well, you flip it like that? Right? Yeah, you turn it, don't you? You've not been able to. I don't want to break it. but I, I, I've, I've had to write to Stephen and say, how the fuck do you open this? So it, yeah. it, basically, it's, it's, it's what he's described as a gold USB stick. So the album uh-huh. gold. So it's gold like the size of a credit card. Yeah. yeah. Just slightly thicker and more heavy than a credit card. And the USB is, is embedded within it. Yes. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> it looks like you would be able to get it out, yes. but you don't doesn't appear that you can. Well, would you like to pass it to me? There's uh, also various little bits of jewellery in here. There's no bottle with his breath, is there? Oh, did I take it out? Okay. Yeah, uh, probably because you knew I was going to be shrinking. Various bits of tat, I would describe this as. All oh, right. Including a little metal gun and somebody's been somebody's been busy down the local uh, and um, you know retro fair. I mean, I mean how many were there of these things? And and. Are they all the same? There, there are thirty-five of these, <laughs> um, and they're they're not all the same. No, but I mean, Stephen Jones mm. is quite popular. Yeah, well, so don't they? Don't you? Do you have to be quick off the mark to get them if there's only thirty-five? Yeah, be fairly quick. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I mean, within within probably within some of them have gone within twenty-four hours, but generally right. within a week. So for okay. the, just for the benefit of the, of the other thirty-four people who bought this album, mm. I haven't figured out how to get the the cat-based. SD card, um, golden credit card thing open. Yes. So you kind of manipulate. You just have it. to squeeze it on the back and it pops up. Squeeze on the back, pop it up, and then use the leverage of the forward <laughs> section yes. to reveal the the USB, the USB oh, stick. And the USB ah. stick is like only half a USB stick. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So you, it would be one of those ones where you can't really put your fingers on it. Yeah, which Rebel has just done. Yeah. Okay. Oh dear. <laughs> right. It's Will it still play there? Well, we'll have to see, won't we? So, um, anyway, I'd like you to play you um, a song called Look Up. So this is Stephen Jones, Look Up, from This Place Is Shit, But I Love You. But I can't see you anywhere 
chocolate building On the roof of the house we built together I look down and the kids are playing But I can't see you anywhere I'm lying face down in the garden grass One arm broke in the paddling pool My fingers are holding on to the guttering The kids are laughing Cause daddy's so funny Cause daddy's so fucking funny
And that was Lotta Kallstrom with Drinking Wine, Spody Oldie. Yes. Wine, and wine, wine. Indeed. Yeah. And I, I, I was listening to Desert Island. Oh, this and it's, yeah. it's not our usual fur, that is it? No, no. Not our usual fur, but, I'm, I'm, but all the better for that, I think. <laughs> a lot of energy in that song. So you heard it on Desert Island Discs? Desert Island Discs, yeah. Lotta Kallstrom was Desert Island Discs. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, no, no. And actually, it wasn't the... Are you allowed to choose your own records yes, if you go on there? Yeah. Are you? Really? Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he no, 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 no. But, no, but, no, but what I mean is, you, you know, if if oh, Bob Dylan goes on, it can he choose? Like, I'll have, I'll have the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the highway, whatever that one was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think you can. It would make you fairly tedious. In the room. <laughs> <laughs> fairly tedious. But this was a guy called John Timpson. Uh, who, who set up Timpson's Timpson's key, watch repair key shop People. or whatever it is yeah blimey Christ they've done everybody it's, it's great for the power <laughs> they really have done everyone <laughs> but he was doing it by uh, the Dana Gillespie version are you familiar with Dana Gillespie no. I'm familiar with a few versions of that song oh yeah Jerry Lee Lewis well, Bruce Springsteen Bruce Springsteen done it yeah tons of Glenn tons. Silbert's done a stormy version of that has he yeah it's, it's a tremendous song but what I, I thought well, I need to get that Right. Yeah. But then I realised that is on a lot of compilation LPs uh, about drinking songs, uh, alcohol-based songs. Uh-huh. And it struck me that we've never really saluted alcohol-based songs. Yeah. It, I'll just give you a little smattering of albums with booze in the title that I found. Okay. Obviously, this was from uh, Blues and Booze. Mm-hmm. It was also Rhythm and Booze. Uh, there, was, there was an LP called Rhythm and Booze by The Pissed. <laughs> Good one. Booze Your Illusions. Which was all right, yeah. uh, and Ed Boo's Christmas, which I wasn't entirely sure. Terrible. <laughs> and then uh, Women Booze and Song by the Trailer Park Heroes. I thought it was okay. And and the Clash inspired tribute album, Give Them Enough Booze. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty good. Uh, and I went looking at uh, albums with whiskey in the title. Yeah. There's over a thousand albums with whiskey in the title. Uh, well, uh, this is just e music, yeah. you know. Uh, song uh, albums with wine in the title, one thousand four hundred forty. And vodka only 200, strangely enough. Yeah. And they were all, I said, sober-looking titles. Sort of sophisticated-looking things. <laughs> vodka. Yeah. And then genuine alcohol-based song titles. Uh, I, I found uh, Let's Get Drunk and Truck, which would be an unwise thing to do, I think, <laughs> by, by Harlem Hamfats. I'm guessing that's a country song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A, a, lot, of these, a lot of these were sort of 50s, uh, yeah, yeah, country I'd like to hear that. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. get drunk and truck. Yeah. I, I, I actually bought uh, Bartender is Just Like a Mother, <laughs> which is very good. Slim Gillard there. Uh, Here I Am, Drunk Again, by Roosevelt Sykes. Um, here's a good one. Why, why'd I hire a wino to decorate our home? By Susan Peters. Um, here's a good one. Who drank the beer? Open brackets. While I was in the rear. Close brackets. <laughs> Tommy Duncan there. Uh, this is a good one. Christmas morning and the room had me yawning. <laughs> Went by Lord Beginner. Uh, and then this, the, the, Chad Morgan here lets himself down. Because <laughs> uh, he says, You can have your woman, I'll stick to me booze. Ah. <laughs> and it's one of the most sexy songs I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 the 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 band's more iconic really than the title here. Uh, Gid Tanner and his skillet liquors, <laughs> with pass her in the bottle and we'll all take a drink. These are all country songs. Yeah, yeah. I think they are. Pretty much. I've actually got an album, a CD, uh, some somewhere at home, and I can't remember what it's called, but I know the picture is a kind of 
cocktail glass with a with a cartoon lady sitting in it, and it's called something like Vintage Drinking Songs from the Forties and Fifties. Yeah. I think um, that might be on Viper. It, uh, it may well be, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'll I'll bring it in. We'll play a song on the next podcast. Oh, yeah. so we can choose a song to play. Some of those ones I think you just mentioned might be on it. Mm. Well, I did find that they were drinking wine sporty order, which struck me. Um, that was on about seven different drinking albums, mm. and they they like. The You've mentioned albums. that already. Have you been drinking, sir? <laughs> So a few weeks ago, I went to see uh, One More Time With Feeling, which is the documentary film slash performance film about Nick, the making of Nick Cave and the Bad Seas' new album, uh, Skeleton Tree. Uh, I went to see, it, was on the, it was on at the cinema for one night and one night only, the night before the album was released. And uh, Rebel Ricky, you were supposed to come with me, but you <laughs> didn't come. So uh, I went by myself. Uh, which, which, and uh, but the album, the, the you may have heard about this anyway because the film was so well received, uh, if that's the right word for it, that they had to expand the screenings so they couldn't just do it in one night because there was a lot of demand for it. So they showed it for a couple of extra nights and they're actually showing it again at the start of December. In, in it was shown basically for one night in a thousand cinemas all across the world, um, but the demand for it has been so high. Um, now, obviously, the, the, the thing that the press have mainly talked about about the album is the backstory and what's happened off stage, if you like, uh, with uh, Nick Cave and his family and uh, his son, Arthur, who, who died whilst they were making that album. Uh, and that's been... It, it, Nick Cave said, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said that the reason why he made this film was because he couldn't face doing press and answering questions from the press you know, to publicise the album, so they made the film. Uh, the film is a documentary, but it's got um, a, a performance of each of the songs on the album uh, through it. Um, it's it's quite... You've listened to the album, of course. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's quite an extraordinary piece of filmmaking because it's not like anything else I've ever seen. I've never, ever seen anything quite so um, honest and... Uh, it's you know it's clear that they're not they they nobody has rehearsed what they're going to say to the camera at all, um, and you wonder at times why on earth um, Nick Cave and the band would dream of letting this this film crew film them at this difficult time. Um, uh, well, that's what they chose to do. It's it's weird because the start at the start of the film you think well it's a film about the making of the album. The very opening scene is Nick Cave's closest musical compadre these days, uh, Warren Ellis, in a taxi, talking about talking to the director about how he doesn't feel comfortable answering the questions, the line of questioning that he's that he's going down, which is about everything that's happened, uh, and explaining why no, he's never talked about that kind of thing, uh, you know, that's private business and all that kind of. That's the opening scene. As the film goes on. The beginning of the film, it's kind of like this unspoken thing that, that nobody's really mentioning directly. And then as the film goes on, they start to talk about it more directly, both Nick and his wife in particular. Um, and it, it becomes more and more about the events around it and their reaction to it. There's some very, very uh, moving parts in it. Um, and there's some... Uh, I, I, you know, I, Nick Cave is somebody who you don't, who you know, I've been a fan of for a long time, and I don't really ever see him as quite being human. 
Mm-hmm. He, he seems like this kind of... We, we see him on stage. He seems like this kind of superhuman, you know... Artiste. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's just a... You know, he's, he does, he's untouchable almost. Not, not physically untouchable, but in terms of the way he presents himself. Mm-hmm. He's just this, this great writer, this great artist, like mm-hmm. you say. And it doesn't seem like the kind of man who could be affected by everyday concerns... Um, even though he, you know, especially in recent years, and on this album that we're going to play a track from, he writes about that kind of thing. He seems somehow above the petty concerns of us um, mere humans. But there's a couple of bits in the film where he talks about people's reactions, and he said he he tells the the cameraman he says, well, you know, he tells how um, a friend of his asked him how he was doing, and the next thing he knew, he was he had his head on this friend's shoulder, and he was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing, and then he realised that this person who'd asked him how he was doing wasn't someone he knew particularly well. It was just a kind of somebody who he knew very mm. vaguely. Uh, and then he was talking about he was queuing up in a bakery. Um, and I know people who live in Brighton and Hove and, you know, who, who've been saying for years, oh, I, I, keep, I see Nick Cave around, you know, <laughs> just walking there. It's weird. You're seeing Nick Cave mm. just walking down the street, you know, because he doesn't seem like a normal person sometimes, mm. you know. Uh, and this, uh, he's just queuing up in the bakery and, and a stranger he's never met before puts a hand on his shoulder and says, we're all with you, man. And that's kind of, you know, when you see him talking about that, it's, it's very affecting. As the film goes on, you feel... And this annoyed me. After, after reading the film, you see tweets and Facebook and reviews. I deliberately didn't read any reviews of this film because I wanted the words I'm saying now to be genuinely 100% my reaction, not anything I'd kind of half accidentally purloined from somewhere else. So, But you see on Twitter and Facebook, as everybody feels the need to kind of sum up things. In, mm-hmm. and, and there's a pressure as the film goes towards the end, and Nick Cave even mentions it directly, there's this pressure for him to then be turning to the camera and to be kind of espousing some kind of wisdom he's learnt from this process. Uh, and how it's affected him and how it's affected his the artistic process but he's, he hasn't got anything really he hasn't got anything to say and, he and why, sh- why should he have because he's still you know he talks about how you know you might one might kind of wish for a big dramatic event to happen in your life so it gives you something to write about but really when something like that happens you can't write about that there's just that there's just that grief there's you can't you know and it, and it's all enveloping and it, you know it, it's it's too big um so uh i didn't write a review of the film for our blog because i didn't really know what to say uh the, and again a lot has been made about the album since it came out about half of the album was recorded before I think it was all, it was all written. All the songs were written, apparently. But had they been recorded? But that's right. Is that right? Yeah. So all the lyrics were written. So people are combing through it, looking mm. for um, stuff, which seems a bit. Well, the, but the uh, funny thing is, it's easy to find. Yes, yeah, yeah. seem prophetic things that well, well it, the first it, it, line of the album. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it, mm. But it's but if you do that, and it because of the film, and because uh, I haven't, I've I've listened to the album a few times, but I've actually put it on in the background whilst I'm doing something else and I actually find that quite good. I haven't really sat down and listened to it. The album's not about what happened because as yeah, you say, yeah. it's it's re- mostly written, bef- it's all written, all the lyrics are written before. Um, and if you want to listen to Nick Cave records and listen for bits for foreshadowing what's mm. said, then I've been listening to a lot of old Nick Cave records recently rather than listening to that. 
you know, the whole bloody stuff, it's all about references to fathers and sons and water and death. And yes, you know, yeah. every, every bloody album is. But Even the main character in his first novel is a surviving twin. It's there on it because he writes about these Weeping big themes. Sons. Mm. Yeah, it's fathers and sons, and you know, um, we, he's been writing about the big issues, those big things. Nick, uh, one of Nick Cave's biggest heroes, Johnny Cash, a few years ago, he released four compilations, each titled after a theme, and the songs on it were, were linked: life, love, life, love, God, and murder, which is pretty much what Nick Cave's been doing for the last thirty years. So mm. of course, there's going to be stuff in there yeah. that seems you know, to be uh, foreshadowing. But I think they, they said was, he didn't edit. He didn't go back and edit anything out or in, you know, to make it less like that. Mm. He just did it as, as it was. he imagined it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and in, in, you know, and in the film's lighter moments, which, believe it or not, there yeah. are many of the, those, um, Mrs. Cave, um, Susie uh, is... Um, uh, they talk about how she is moving. She likes to move the furniture around in their in their house, and this has become something that she's done even more since that. What what happened happened, uh, and um, Nick is kind of joking, but also saying it's quite annoying at the same time. Saying like, so you go to bed at night, and then you wake up in the morning, and the room that used to be the room with the lounge <laughs> and the telly is now a bedroom and stuff like that. Because, you know, so and and. Then she comments and says, well, it's really embarrassing because he's mentioned that in a couple of, of the songs. So in this song that we're going to be playing, it mentions about her moving the furniture around. But that itself is apparently, it's, some doctors and people have told them that she's got no creative outlet. So she needs to, you know, she needs mm. to be doing something to be uh, keeping herself busy. Uh, and I, I'm not sure what the other so, uh, song is where it mentions that, but she did say it's been in a, in, it mentioned a couple of songs. Uh, so from this is this song is from uh, an album that I didn't really love that much when it first came out, but over the time has become the one I go back to more and more. Uh, the album No More Shall We Part, and this is the song The Sorrowful Wife. I married my wife on the day of the eclipse. Our friends awarded her courage with gifts. Now's the nights grow longer and the season shifts. I look to my sorrowful wife, who is quietly tending her flowers, who is quietly tending her. Sends a terrible shiver through me and my sorrowful wife. 
Set beneath the knotted yew, and the bluebells bob up around our shoes, and the task of remembering those telltale clues goes to my sorrowful wife, who is counting the days on her fingers, who is counting the days on her.
Okay, we've just heard the Black Circles by the band Lightning in a Twilight Hour from the album And All the Ships at Sea, which I have here on CD. I'll pass it on so you don't look. Uh, you. Who remembers the Field Mice? Yes. Oh, I, I read they were the Field the Mice. Indie band. Oh, yeah. This is the, so the three of them, Field Mice, back in the day, released three fantastic albums, Snowball, Skywriting and For Keeps. Nine singles, including uh, Emma's House and Sensitive, which are the two I really liked. Uh, sort of end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s, all out on Sarah Records yeah. uh, out of Bristol. And I was a, I have to say, I was a bit of a fan. And uh, what I particularly liked about their, their releases was that every release was on vinyl, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, and it came with a, a strange, grainy postcard of an of a odd scene in, in Bristol. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was... Bristol? <laughs> yeah. Which is where the label was. Oh. Uh, and uh, I was kind of hoping that by getting all the records, I'd be able to put all the postcards together and make this huge Collage. picture. Yeah, picture which, yeah. Would be, which would yeah. fit and it would be some sort of message. And, yeah. and, it, it, and, and it didn't. Come to, come to Bristol. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I didn't get them all because uh, I, I didn't necessarily like every band that was on Sarah Records, but I, I did like the Field Mice very much. Anyway, uh, Bobby Ratton who uh, was in the Field Mice and went on to record as Trembling Blue Stars, if you remember oh, that, yeah. uh, is now in the band Lightning in a Twilight Hour. With uh, the female singer who you've heard there is Beth Arzy, Arzy? A-R-Z-Y. And she was also in Trembling Blue Stars um, and in a band called Aberdeen, who I don't right. think are from Aberdeen. But they're called no. Aberdeen. Um, Anyway, they're I, also one of the C86 bands. Yes, they? that's right. Yeah. Yes. I think this this yeah. is fantastic album. This, this is this is not from the eighties. No, it's now because it year. sounds quite. It does. Uh, that's it's what very I thought. Sound. I thought. I thought this, that must be some unheard this of is the band second, from the C86 era that I've not heard of before. This is yeah. the second Lightning uh, in a Twilight Hour album, and it, it's I think it's better than the first one, name of which escapes uh, me. Uh, I think it's it's one of those bands where you think. Oh, you know, it's it's just looking back, but actually, I think it sounds better than the field mice. I think it's, it's, the yeah. sounds moved on. There's more going on. Uh, I think it's fab. Yeah, and it's on Elephant Records, which is, is. the same label as um, what they call the Catenary Wires, and uh, what's that Spanish band who do that Parafinal del Mundo? Ah. Yeah. That yeah. one. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I can't remember yeah. what they're it's called. It's a Spanish label, isn't it? They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But they they release a lot of. They obviously have a lot of links to the that's kind of C eighty six scene because there's yeah. quite a lot of bands who were part of that who are on their label now. Yeah, so highly recommended. Is yeah. this album called The Memory Museum? No, it's called And All the Ships at Sea. Well, the first album was called The Memory Museum. Oh, thank you very much for that uh, fact checking. Well, yeah, that. well, it says well it has... done for remembering it. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> months ago uh, uh, one of my Facebook friends uh, who's actually used to be one of my friends uh, real friends a real life friend but I haven't seen him in about ooh, 25 years or so uh, but I went to school with him and I saw him mention him on there that he had a, he had a record out so I thought I'll drop him a line I'll tell him I've got a podcast and we'll play his record and ask him to send me his record and if it's any good we'll play it and not, not realising of course well this could be really bad because if it's not very good, this could be quite embarrassing. Yeah. Um, fortunately, it was really good. Yeah. Um, and it's called his name is Alex. Um, he's a good friend of mine from school. Um, he was much, much cooler than me at school. Uh, I find he, that hard to believe. No, no, he was. He had much, yeah, much better hair. Uh, he, 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 
I'm pretty sure the first time I taped a Smiths album off somebody that was his Smiths album that I'd oh, taped. That's pretty cool. The Cocteau Twins, definitely, 100%. It was his Cocteau Twins album I borrowed and taped. He had an elder brother who was the same age as my elder brother, but his elder brother was way cooler than my <laughs> elder brother. Uh, not difficult, but... Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, his, his name is Alex, or AJ in this band, and he's paired up with somebody called Lisa Fitzgibbon, uh, and together they are The Standing. Uh, they've got a two-track EP out, um, and uh, the EP is called Inside Me. Uh, you can get it from their website. Uh, and um, it's the, the other track on the EP is the one we're going to play. Uh, it's got a bit of a reggae feel, and we really, really like it, and it's called Ever Truly.
Baker's Question Time! Yes, we're back! And, <laughs> yes, uh, we are! We are. Well, actually, we've, we've not really got away. We've been sitting here, haven't we, waiting to do this. Yes, well, I have, anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so Kicker's Question, last time round. Ooh. Yeah, was it a bit of a convoluted question, unlike me, but mm. uh, it was. Mm. Uh, Remind us. It, well, it was... It was, uh, it was uh, star- it had stardust sprinkled on it because it, it was celebrity and. Oh, this. Ziggy with his glove. No, 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 no. No. Okay. Um, no. Uh, so if you remember, the question was which which band? Uh, oh, that's for a band name, really. Yeah. Um, and I gave you a number of clues, and the band. I said to you that the band performed in a box. Oh yeah, I yeah. remember now. Yeah. I, I also, it wasn't living in a box. And it wasn't living in a box. I also told you that the the band uh, had one sort of famous track. And that, that track name was the same as a, a very early form of Spare Snare. Well, actually, it was a Jam Burnett band uh, prior to Spare Snare. Hang on, rewind a bit. So, Jam Burnett mm. from Spare Snare, before he was in Spare Snare, was in another band. It may have been the same Who were named after a famous track by a band who played, played in a box. box. Yes. And I also told you that... When you say famous... Yes. I mean, what, talking top ten single? Oh, God, no. Right. Uh, <laughs> One John Peel session? Yes. Okay. okay right. <laughs> right. Uh, I also told you that uh, him out of uh, King Creosote, Kenny Anderson, uh, was a big fan of this band back in the day. You mean the Jan Burnett Soda Project or the no, band the who band played who in the box? In the band in the box. Who are not living in a box. <laughs> who are not living in a box. Well, they might be are they living in a cardboard box? <laughs> anyway, surprisingly enough, we have been inundated by silence. And yes. in, in nobody's terms, got this one nobody's, got nobody's, this right, one. nobody's written in so all I can do Amazing. is play you this this is a neuroactivity module broadcast to you on the wavelength of sound NAMs help you be more easily from Conceptat the idea agency. Let's evolve. A first level movement program. process of evolution is fabulous but fun, super but personal, and there's no getting away from it, it applies to you. So take a look in the mirror and say to your body, it's good but it's getting better, and... Let's evolve! Now those who've been paying attention to previous programming will already be in the relaxation position. If you haven't, then lay on your stomachs with your arms at a 90 degree angle to your body. First, we're going to relax. Because to evolve, action must arise from a passive state. So let's float in the Precambrian waters, like we did in the amoeba module. Relax and float limbless in the ocean. Float. You have no individual mind. You're an amoeba and float, and float. Good, that feels better. Now, remember last time we developed into fish? 
It was quite a job forming a backbone, wasn't it? Well, now we've got one, let's use it to limber up. Wiggle with the music and move that fishy body in and out of the Devonian rock formations and through the shoals of lower life forms. And wiggle? Come on, it took 800,000 million years to develop those vertebrae, so let's use them. And wiggle, and rest. Right, this is the beginning of the section dedicated to the higher life forms and which will eventually lead to humanity itself, so the exercises are going to get a little bit more tricky. But stick with it, because it's all part of growing up and it applies to you. So look in that mirror and say to your body, it's good, but it's getting better, and... Let's evolve! So, we're fish, right? And it's great, it's a good life. But we're starting to get a little bit curious about that funny warm light we sometimes sense when we're wiggling. Now, before anyone starts rushing ahead trying to pop their heads above the surface, just remember that we happen to be three miles down, and that to evolve, action must arise from a passive state. So, if we don't wait for the right moment, we're going to be extinct pretty quickly. What do we have to do? Yeah, we have to wait for the intercontinental currents to bring us near land. So relax once more. Let your body be moved. Float and drift and drift and float with the current. And all the time, the sand in the bottom is getting higher and higher until pretty soon it's touching our tummies. And put both hands beside our heads, palm down. Let's use them like front legs to push up the front half of our body. With the music, push up. Arch the chest, keep that tail, your legs still. Come on, we're trying to reach the funny warm light. And down, and push up, and arch the vertebrae. Head right back, come on, you're nearly there. And down, one final time. Push up, arch, and then feel the air on your scales as you break the surface. And use your front legs to pull yourself forward. Then rest. Good. Now we've made it as lizards, start to think about the difference between cold and warm blood. Most important, and every day, Look in that mirror and say to your body, it's good, but it's getting better, and... Let's evolve.
Is the King Crusoe song got anything to do with that? No. Just, okay. Just so play like Sudden yeah. Sway, and then King Creosote, yeah. and then this happened. Yeah. So that was, you've just heard the King Creosote uh, with the song You Just Want from his new album Astronaut Meets Apple Man, uh, which I have on CD, which you can have a little look at there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And of course, King Creosote was a huge fan of the band Sudden Sway. Whose song right. Let's yeah. Evolve Previously. you've just, just heard. Yes. Okay, mm. so Let's Evolve was the name of Spare Snare before they became Spare Snare. I don't is think that, that's is not, that clear. I don't think that's quite true. I think I, I'm right. not sure if, if Let's Evolve ran parallel to Spare Snare. It's only an offshoot. But right. I think it, seem, okay. it seems to be an earlier form. But it was the name of a band. There's Jan Burnett was Spare Snare in it. Let's be clear That'll do this. me. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would have got that. Yeah, you know, I, I was thrown by the box reference. I've <laughs> you can explain the box reference and I've missed it. Yeah. Or, or no, it's just that famously, uh, Sudden Sway, who who were around, you know, massive, massive. Eighties, yeah. is it from the sound of the song? <laughs> yeah, early eighties. Yeah, um, I, I don't they were massive, how, were they? No, uh, I don't know how <laughs> they, they did do a Peel session, and in fact, that song is taken from a Peel session. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they used to perform in a box and. Uh, what you what, so they'd be on the stage in this huge box, really? Yeah, and and people would come and press different buttons through holes in the box to produce different sounds. Well, it was like, good. ow! That's my nose. Leave that alone. And, uh, well, I think it's uh, along the lines of sort of musical movement. You know, they, if you listen yeah. to the, the, the nature of the song, mm. it's, it's kind of that's their their thing. I yeah. can't see why that didn't catch on. Who can say why? It evolved. Oh, shit, I didn't tell him a new question, did I? <laughs> hey, don't think you're getting away with this. God, now, no. um, have you got a question? I have got a about a band that we know anything about. Yes, well, you'll know, you'll know, you'll know if you know. Ah. Um, but uh, yes, this is my new question. If, well, uh, regular followers uh, of my, uh, of Kickers Monthly mix, quarterly. which has now become Kickers, Kickers quarterly. quarterly. Hello to you both. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Neither of you two, frankly. Um, will have noticed uh, a few months or quarters ago, uh, I played a track uh, called Liam Leeds. 
by by the band Dolby Fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I want to know, and, and and the answer to this is actually a, a band that you will have heard of. Oh, good. Uh, but what I want to yeah. know is which seventies band uh, were actually known as Dolby Fuckers for a short period of their career. Hey, Coming out next week on Hobbledehoy Records, uh, we've got an album called Dear Heart, um, which is by a gentleman called Tillman Robinson, who is an experimental uh, multi-instrumentalist. The album was recorded in Reykjavik uh, with Valgir Sigurdsson, and like I say, it's out on the 14th of October. <laughs> and this, this song... <laughs> Iceland. Oh, you're doing the Iceland clap thing. Yeah. Oh, yes, very patriotic, yeah. very patriotic. Um, uh, and this song is uh, the the second song on the album, and, and easily my favourite. He's an Australian guy, Tillman Robinson. Uh, he, he's a composer, producer, sound designer, and creates uh, electroacoustic music. Uh, it's a bit minimalist. It's certainly experimental. Uh, it's kind of electronic, um, and it's... Sort of getting towards ambient in places on the album. This one not so much. This one's a bit more lively than most of the album. Good God! He's worked with uh, he's worked with uh, Bang on a Can, who've done lots of Terry Riley and Steve Wright kind of stuff. And Brian Eno. Have they done Brian Eno stuff as well? Yeah, yeah, they're very good. The Bang on the Can All Stars. He's done quite a bit of work with them. Apparently, he's, he says here he's worked with Martha Wainwright and Sinead O'Connor as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, this song is called Paradoilia. <laughs>
train for the train. Doors shut, whistling away we go on the train, on the train. Outside people wait to the train. As the sky grows black and Cousin from the album Cousin, and the song is called Train. Yeah, is it, called, is it called Train or is it called something else? I, I know it's about a train. I think it, the thing, song's just called Train. Uh, Cousin are, um, I mentioned this a few podcasts ago because we, I think we played Maylia Jones or we played um, your man from, what's his name? Your man from Gorky's. Oris Childs. We played a, a song by them, and I said, I just discovered that Oris Childs had made an album with Maylia Jones. And I, I just ordered it. Oh, anyway, I ordered it. it. This is it. Oh. It's fantastic. It is very good, yeah. Uh, that particular track is kind of more simple than a lot of the other stuff. It's kind of just a nice song about... Uh, a Gorky's-esque song with nice two-part harmony on it. On it. The, quite a lot of the album is a bit more weird than that. Uh, but it's fantastic. Fantastic album. Of course, I didn't uh, listen to it many times. But when I looked it up and, and they were from Brighton, uh, it somehow seemed to make sense. Right. It's kind of twee, twee indie, kind of, kind twindy, of pop. Twindy. Twi- twindy, uh, a bit poppy as well. Yeah. I don't know, it just, it, it just... Pastoral? Not so much pastoral, but just, I think, I don't, it reminded me of Brighton. Yeah. As right. soon as I heard it, it's from Have Brighton. Have you been to Brighton? Uh, I don't think, I don't, I don't think either of them are from Brighton. No, I don't know where you got that. They're from. both Welsh. They may currently reside in Brighton, for all I know. There you are. But uh, <laughs> they are both, most definitely, from... from the country of Wales. If you were going to think of a, you know, a band based in Brighton who isn't Nick Cave, mm. um, what would you imagine them sounding like? The Guanabats. Psychobilly. 
Psychobilly. Psychobilly's huge in Brighton. Is or at it? least it was when I used to hang around in Brighton <laughs> in the mid-80s. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm just biased. Though. That's good though, isn't it? Oh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Just, no doubt about that. Now, sorry, can, can we go to the song before that? Well, can you Tillman remember? Robinson. Yeah, what was it called again? Paradoilia. 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 Is this to do, to do with uh, doilies? No, oh, I don't oh, think so. You know what paradoilia is, A paradoilia is when you look at something and you see a face that isn't really there. Or not even a face... Sometimes it can be other objects. I mean, look at one here. I mean, not that's just a, that's when you a look parsley. But it, I mean, it looks it's like a it looks like a man splayed or with legs akimbo. Sh- shall I give you the uh, official? Uh, it's, it's a psychological phenomenon. I'll never unsee that. Involving a stimulus, an image or a sound. So not just an image; it could be a sound as well. Oh, right. Where the mind perceives a familiar pattern of something where none actually exists. In the school of thought behind minimalism, minimalism music, uh, there's a lot of that because. Um, you, you, after a while, your mind starts to hear, even in a piece of music where the, where the where the sounds and the tones and the rhythms are random. Your mind wants to make sense of it. Mm. Your mind wants to put it into some kind of regular repeating pattern, usually four to the beat, because ah. that's what your mind is used to perceiving mm. when it hears music. So, uh, um, John Cage, Steve Reich, those guys, they played around with that kind of, those kind of ideas mm. a lot. It's like uh, when you look at look at. Um... Cloud and see something then, is it? Yeah, clouds see a, a face or mm. something. Yeah. Or even better, if you look at this one, which is a carpet up a stairs that are threadbare, but it's threadbare in, in three different areas that make it look like a smiling face that's winking. <laughs> yes, it does, yes. And what was the dog one you, you were talking about before? The dog one? The, oh, yeah, the dog one, yes, where, where someone had put the wig on the back of a dog, mm-hmm. uh, put two uh, eyes on its buttocks, uh, and therefore its little waggy tail looked like a nose. Oh. It's a beautiful image. <laughs> and then when its tail goes up, <laughs> it's it's this, this looks like it's going, oh! <laughs> and it vomits. Yeah. Oh. Brown. <laughs> so the first album up for review uh, on this podcast is that by the, the band Three Dimensional Tanks. It's called Attack. attack. Yes. Attack. Thank attack, you. attack, attack. Yes. It, just the one attack, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the reason we're reviewing that is that they very kindly sent me a copy of the album. Um, I actually reviewed their... I Not am... that that sways our judgement of whether no, it's no, good no, or no, bad, no. of course. No, 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 we'll have to wait and see. Although, if anyone else wants to send us a free copy of their own, please feel free. And, yeah. we, and we will try our best to like it. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, I reviewed the band's I Am Go single back in November 2014 on our podcast, and I said, hot on the tails of listening to 13th Floor Elevators comes the new old sound from Three Dimensional Tanks. Frankly, the only tank I'd be happy with. With their single I Am Go Out on the highly recommended Sunstone Records label. Uh, it's not on Spotify, so here's it in video form to provide more evidence. This is the key point. More evidence that Lancaster, already home to Wizard Fave's Lovely Eggs Time Machine, can well claim... And Stephen Hudson and the Fiat Pandas. Can well claim to be an unlikely hotbed of musical talent. And uh, we lo- I love that single, and I was really excited about listening to, to this new album. I kind of in- anticipated a, a bunch of uh, psychedelic mod stompers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thinking of, of the band bit as sort of having a, a Lancaster twist on the Medway sound. Um, you couldn't have been more right, really. No, and yeah, I, and that's I, exactly what it is. And I was spot on. And uh, the album starts with a fantastic motor booting, bang, straight in with a crack of drums, bass riff to die for, dirty 60s organ, snotty vocal, uh, ending with a little wah wah, guitar solo, 100 seconds, pure fun, and I thought this is fab. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Really good. Uh, the next song. Has has a pun in the title, so happy days seem not heard. 
Uh, and I was thinking, if this is as good as the title, it's going to be great. And it is really good. Uh, another quick one with distorted guitar to the fore. The vocals are a little bit more dreamy, I thought, uh, and a little bit more psychedelic. There, 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 there's a bit of the psychedelia throughout, but sometimes sort of stronger uh, on some songs than others. Um, the next song I really liked was the, the song Hot Dog, which uh, was is more, another one of these riff-driven numbers. And I hear the, the vocals a bit, bit uh, too, school, too cool for school type thing. Uh, it's a very nice shouted chorus over that, and it was all over too quickly, really. Um, Pink Spaceship was another speedy number that was definitely Medway sound influence. Um, That's my favourite. Oh, really? Pink yeah. Spaceship, yeah, that was my favourite track. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was great, and uh, I thought that, that was very reminiscent of The Prisoners, I thought. Uh, that, is that, that song I was going to ask you, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the Medway sound, because I was actually going to ask you, because I know you're a big fan of uh, Billy Childish and all his various yeah. side projects and acolytes, and, yeah. and I was, uh, my question was going to be, is this a Billy Childish record? Because I, I thought it might have been. But, well, I think uh, the difference is, yeah. is, that, is that the Billy Childish records don't tend to have organ on it. And so that's, yeah. that's why it's a prisoner's sound, because the, pris the prisoners brought in that sound to the, yeah. to the melody. And, and uh, it's, there's a great call of arms in the middle of that All as well. the best songs on this album, in my opinion, have got other ones with the organ on it. Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree with yeah. that. Um, there's even some backwards vocals on that, which is very exciting on, on Pink Spaceship. Um, no, I think that's a great song. Uh, I like the one after that as well, which is called Do Electrical Shoes. Uh, and I don't know what the answer to that is. Do Electrical Shoes? Yeah. Do they? Do electrical shoes. Yeah. Do yeah. electrical sheep. Do they? Do electrical shoes dream of Android sheep. Or socks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was a really funky one. I don't know if you remember that. It's got a funky rhythm on that. I didn't like that one as much. Oh, I, didn't I, like... I didn't like that one and I didn't like the ETA one just because I found them lyrically a bit too repetitive. Oh, so oh, other oh, than okay. that, I like the whole album, but definitely Pink Spaceship. Oh, no, the, yeah. no, I like that one. Yeah, so ETA 3000, I thought it had a really good drumming on it. There's sort of a ba -ba 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 bit on it. Uh, which I really liked, um, and then what the song after that, Widdershins, that was really good. I thought the, the whole that drumming throughout actually, I think, is a real strong point of this album, um, and the drums on that one were, were particularly good. Uh, do you know what Widdershins means? No, no, no. Oh. Somebody's got wider shins. Maybe. No, Widdershins is means anti-clockwise. Oh, yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, but again, the vocals on that one are really good, very sort of snotty. I like the snotty sound in the vocals. The really vocals good. in places reminded me of uh, your man Peter Perrett from The Only Ones. Yes, that's it's a good one. Some, some of the slower songs sounded like, you know, The Only Ones with organ. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good call. Um, and then the last two songs, which I didn't like as much, they were, they were sort of more straightforward uh, 60s garage rock, I suppose, Son of Go, with, it reminded me of the Stranglers of that type of organ sound. And then the, and then the last one, which is the the long track on the album, which is nearly six minutes, which has loads of really great noises and the sort of sparking of a, a pulsing uh, organ riff. And then there's, I think it must be double track vocals on it. I don't know if backing vocals, but perhaps double track. That that one's much more space rock. I thought that could be Hawkwind. Even. Yeah, astral yeah. plane, astral plane, yeah. yeah, space yeah. rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I mean, it really does sound different. I think to the rest it's, of the yeah. album. Yeah, it's not the, the rest is all. Like you said before, it's 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 psych, it's garage, it's it's mod, you know, isn't it? It's, well. Yeah, and it, and and that one's not. That's a bit more. No, kind of, and like I think that's it's an interesting song to finish with. Yeah. So overall, I really like the album. I think there's, Me too, yeah. there's loads of yeah. really strong songs there. Uh, I think probably my favourite is the opening song, which is uh, Motor Booting. But I'm very happy to play Pink Spaceship because that was Ace Two. So here is uh, Three Dimensional Tanks and Pink Spaceship. <laughs> Thank you. 
The Wolfhounds, uh, a band that um, I've, 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 I'm on record as saying I've got the best logo of any band I've ever seen. <laughs> and you're wearing their t-shirt I'm, right now. I, I, I wore their t-shirt Do you wear that all the time? A uh, hell of a lot of time, yeah. 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 I, I, I recently went on a family holiday to France mm. uh, with the daughter's boyfriend. Mm. Uh, and it, Nobody it just, else, just him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, there was, that's, that's a weird thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> no, there was plenty of us there, but he was there as well. Yeah. And he, he just turned around and he just noticed it and he went, Middle-aged freak. <laughs> yeah. You're weird. Yeah. And, uh, which I was very pleased with, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we come to... Uh, they are from Romford Havering. Uh, Romford Havering's finest, I would guess. <laughs> and uh, so they've released this LP this year. They've released loads of LPs, haven't they? They've been going for years. Yes, but they've released this one this year. That's okay. why I'm reviewing it. I see it. Uh, and um, <laughs> they have that famous picture, which before we used first, yeah. uh, of the New Year's Eve in Manchester, oh, yes. uh, which a lot of people compared to a, a Renaissance classic. That's right. Yeah, with the it man had, like the perfect ratio and stuff on it. That's yeah. right, yeah, Leonardo da Vinci and they... I um, think it's a bit... A bit um, Overstated. A bit, bit wrong to say that we used it first. It was used on a lot of websites, newspapers, and it was, re- it was social retweeted media before we used yeah. it. Retweeted but... 125,000 times. Yes. Before yeah. we used it. Yeah. <laughs> and the album's called United Kingdom, open bracket, or How to Come to Terms with Your Culture. Now, I don't know how you felt about that, but I thought that's. that's I a... think it's not called. I think it's Untied Kingdom. No, 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 it's United. It is called the Untied Kingdom. Is it? Well, actually, yes, now you've mentioned it, it is called that, yeah. Oh, well, well spotted. Yeah. I have noticed that. <laughs> I, yeah. You misread it as you know. I misread it. Right. Untied it was a paradoidium. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it's called Untied Kingdom, How to Come to Terms with Your Culture, which is a big title. It is. Go big, go big. And I think it worried me. That almost overwhelmed me, that title, <laughs> because, you know, I think you've got that on the cover. Are you going to be very negative? 
those people who are just normal people basically doing what the wolf owns and we do <laughs> on many nights in the year and uh, he thought nervous mm. a bit nervous about that mm. I mean to be fair um, you know just to uh, overview the record get that out of the way it is very clever mm. you know that lyrically it's very clever it is very good lyrically. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the, it's upbeat rocky mm. if you like your dueling guitars with discordant solos running all over the gaff. And who doesn't? Yeah, absolutely. With a pounding bass line. Uh. Then this is the album for you. <laughs> Having said that, um, it starts off with, uh, and you know, I, I'm, I'm straight away I'm thinking, what's it actually saying? If you've got a title like that with that image on, I think, what's this album actually? We can get to the number of it. And um, the first song is called Apparition. And having said there's uh, Discord guitars, beat, bass, and all that, there's none of that on this song. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, uh, There's not much, of, much on this song, is there? There's is one, one voice, yeah. uh, harmonies. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember any, any instruments, to be honest with you. Uh, and there's there's little vignettes of lyrics. It's hard to... Um, what is irritating, actually, throughout the whole album, when you've got that high concept, you think, um, there's a lot of lyrics you can't quite make out, even on one where it's only lyrics. <laughs> um, and there's And there's... There's bits about uh, growing up with a plastic spoon in your mouth or a silver spoon in your mouth and his mother and references, but I couldn't really figure out anything mm. from that first but song. But it's intriguing, isn't it? It is intriguing, yeah. yeah. It, it certainly wasn't as obvious as I, as I thought it was going to yeah. be, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, and then the second song, Now I'm a Killer, which which links us into the, the rocking. I mean, mm -hmm. and very tuneful, you've got to say, a lot, a lot of these songs uh, carry a really good tune. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, uh, you know, sometimes you would because you think, oh, it's got all those elements that I like. I bet he can't sing, mm. but he can sing. Yes, and but again, you know, now I'm a killer. So you're thinking, okay, is this a reference to? Is it critiquing or getting in the mind of soldiers? Is it referencing Islamic terrorism? Is it referencing kids playing video games all day? I couldn't really figure it out. Mm. I, I don't think you could. I couldn't. Mm. Then, of course, it comes to the song "My Legendary Childhood," uh, which gets uh, a bit more poppy. Uh, there's trumpets on that, and there's a, yeah. there's a very um, Fun, almost. <laughs> Probably the most instant, yeah, instant yeah. kind of tune mm. on the album. And yeah. also, the lyrics begin to, I think, reveal themselves at that point. Because did you pick up on that? The, the, the books were dog-eared and the records were handed down like tablets. Uh, and the whole song is about his childhood, what features were of it, and how, through all its difficulties, if you like, it was sort of legendary and he lived it large. Uh, isn't this stuff? Isn't that the one where he says, and, and, and nobody had any money? Is that, no is money. That, is there that was the no time? money. There was no money to be had. Mm. Yeah. Speed was cheap. Grass was mud. Coke was too expensive. Mm. Uh, got his heart broken weekly. Uh, and I thought, actually, this is the point, isn't it? This is about growing up. Mm. This is about coming to terms with your culture. You've been through all that. I and mean, it's interesting that you know later on there's a job about... There's a song about uh, about the, the working life, which obviously, I don't know if the Wolfhounds are making enough money to be full-time musicians, but I somehow doubt it. Uh, and so his legendary childhood is looking back and thinking, you know, we did all that, and actually it was absolutely fantastic, and a real celebration of that, and I mm. thought that was great. Mm. And, and also, following on from that, the Everyday Monsters song, mm. I don't know if you picked up on that, but the, the key lyric in that is, uh, all your friends are monsters, and I can see my reflection in everything they do. And I think he's talking about his kids and he's talking about the things that young people are doing and he's talking about, yeah, I can see that I was perhaps not as decent a person 
as I'd like to have been. And in a way, looking back at yourself and saying, well, yeah, I was a bit of a monster, but you know, we did all these things and there's kind of an understanding. And it's about coming to terms with yourself and then what you do with the next generation you know, and how, how they behave and how you influence them, how you interact with them. Mm. You know, and, and again, it, I think it's a celebration of life. So I, don't, I don't think it is a particularly negative uh, message that he's putting out. Did you notice on that one as well, every day? I, I like that very much, that one. And the, uh, the opening riff is, uh, it's a Guided by Voices riff, but I can't play to. Def, it's definitely a Guided by Voices song. Mm. Um, and I'll have to come back to you on that. Get back to us. Get back to us. I did like it because of that. <laughs> <laughs> so it hooked you in straight away. Yeah. The next song is called Thanks, uh, and that has got the best riff on the album. Yeah. That is, you know, we talk, I talked before about discordant, dueling, riffing guitars, sounding not quite as sharp, uh, as cutting as XTC, uh, and, and Franz Ferdinand. Okay, we'll leave him in. Uh, but, but, you know, really st stark and really um, uh, noticeable. Uh, and... Um, then, but then that's about, you know, he talks about working eight to eight every day for little money. And I do like the idea that, you know, if you talk to any HR person, they reckon that you can be motivated by your manager going, thanks so much for doing this. I just want to show my appreciation for everything you do. He says, yeah, thanks. Put the money in the bag. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's another cracking song. Mm. Then he comes on to the stupid pool. Oh, I like that one. Did you? No, yeah. what, what was it about? Uh, I'm not sure what it was about, but it reminded me of The Fall. Yeah, well, well, a lot. <laughs> I, I, I really wanted to like that one because I love the title. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, you know. Uh, I don't think it's know. saying poor or stupid. No, no I, I think it's kind it of is. an ironic, you know, written from the point of view of some kind of bigoted twat. Yes, uh, exactly, yeah. But, but um, yeah, I had high hopes for that song, but it wasn't <laughs> as good as I hoped it might be. Yeah. No, I liked it. Okay, the, the, uh, always want more. They're coming for your car keys. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I think in a funny sort of way, whereas. There's a bit more humour in it uh, than you might imagine. Uh, and I, I was thinking on that one because I'm not sure. I didn't want it to be a mean about the poor. No, I think it is. I no, I don't think it is, is actually. No, yeah. No, no. yeah, I said, is it coming from a place of love or hate? Yeah, I, think so. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's affection, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then after that, actually, I think the, the concept was, was going into the background a bit after that. Uh, and the songs were getting sort of longer, more uh, rhythm oriented, more danceable. Well, not all of them. Opposite land. Are you coming on to opposite land? Well, it's a very good point. Well, yes, I'll come. Well, but Lucky Helfer, Lucky Heather, that that is basically a dance song, yeah. really. Um, and but yeah, Opposite Land. Yes, you're right. Actually, Opposite Land, a very rough. I've got here, very Robert Pollard. Yes, I yeah. love that song. That <laughs> is by far my favourite song. On the it's album. kind of like an acoustic demo, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 uh, yeah, very rough and ready. Low, uh, lowest of possible yeah. five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I like that, that one a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think Not, it sounded like, like well, yeah. actually, like this guitar. Look out. Yeah. Robert well, Wicky's getting his guitar. Do you think it's a... And that kind of sound, didn't it? That sounds yeah. like more like George Formby to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not bad either, is he? Let's be fair. I'm still looking for the concept. And Opposite Land, couldn't really figure it out. But uh, he said, life is the kiss of death. Yeah. Well, Doesn't Opposite nice. Land seem to be talking about... It's play on words mostly, isn't it? it uh, I think it was that song where it seemed to be saying, you know... We think we are this, but we're not. Basically, if if you go back to the United yeah. Kingdom, our entire kingdom theme, it seemed to be kind of saying that we we present ourselves, our country presents itself as being this way, but actually we're the opposite. 
Probably got a point, don't we? Yeah, that's some of what I some of what what I read from that song, or at least I think it was that song. Yeah, yeah. well, it could be, it could be. Uh, Fire in the Hole, I mean, that's uh, they were getting. I thought the songs were getting more and more anthemic. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great song. I love that. Grab guitars, wife and kids, order unknown. I thought that that was great. Well, I thought it was sort of chanting at a sort of dystopian vision. Uh, of a, but but I think a disturbing vision of a very close, tight neighbourhood mm. where and it's all happening. You know, it's fire in the home. It's happening behind closed doors, mm. and you know, there's 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 violence and nastiness afoot. Mm. Uh, which you know, yeah. makes good one. I like that one. Make, makes for good music. Um, the comedians. Oh yeah. No, he's definitely he's playing on words here. I'm I'm not sure this is saying a great deal, uh, but there's there's comedy references all over the place. I think we'll figure out the overall theme. Well, he starts off by saying, um, and he references various jokes, and he says, um, all Red Indians are named after the first thing, I'm paraphrasing here, but I haven't written down the lyrics, but it says, all Red Indians are named after the first thing that their parents see. All Chinese people are named after the sound of cutlery crashing to the floor. Um, All black people can't be seen in a dark room. And white people, it's difficult to make them out if there's smoke around. And all those things I mentioned mm. in the song. So those are all things that are kind of the punchlines of rather shit and, yeah. you know, offensive... Uh, racial stereotyping. Racial stereotyping yeah. jokes. So, and then well, it, and the chorus kind of says something like, I've learnt all this from the comedians. Yeah. So isn't it kind of a song... Bernie Manning-esque. So, yeah, it's just basically mm. saying, you know, all these kind of jokes that people tell, you know, stop telling them. That's basically the message of that. I, I, that's what I took from it anyway. The only, the yeah. only lyric I could really make out was don't bend down, don't bend down to pick up the sword. Which I suppose is a good yeah. Well, it, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's stuff in there to say yeah. about what's the, worst, what's the worst thing about there being a white man in prison is because you know he did it. Uh, so the, all these things mm. are kind of jokes that are in there, well, they're all offensive, racially yeah. offensive in, in, in some way. Or, you know, like don't bend down to pick up the soap, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a, a modern day update on the stand up the stand up comedians' instructions from the uh, Star Council's album Our Favourite Shop. <laughs> yes, indeed. Look it up. You, you really, you <laughs> really can't add anything to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sung by Lenny Henry. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. It's sung by Lenny Henry. Yeah. That, that, that's well, got to come up on a future podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it really has. Uh, and then the last one, Across the River of Death. Um, I mean, we talk about the fall bass lines, then that has got a superb fall bass line running all the way through it. I think it could have been four minutes shorter. Yes. <laughs> Nearly eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, but overall, and an intriguing strong album. Yeah, yeah, really strong. I mean, great tunes throughout. The, 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 the lyrics are good. All the sounds play really, really well together. Yeah, that's good. What's not to like? Exactly. But have you got a favourite track? Yes, my favourite track by a mile is Opposite Land. But I, I also really liked Everyday Monsters, Stupid Poor, and Fire in the Hell. Home, sorry. Do I get the veto on what we put? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, my, my favourites were The Comedians and My Legendary Childhood. Uh, the only thing I was going to mention that we haven't mentioned so far is it reminded me a bit of another band that we are, that are all, all are big fans of, which is The Nightingales. Yes. yes Some of the lyrical yes. themes, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, that kind of rather cynical eye. Mm. Uh, uh, and also the vocalist. Sounds a bit like Ricky Man yeah. from The Nightingales. It's yeah. funny though, isn't it? Because I think like The Nightingales and lots of other bands, or, or, or some other bands that... Uh, I think they're more vicious than than this, this fella. Mm. You know, I think he, he, he's, it's yeah, it's intelligent. In, 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 in places, you know, it's it, again it's another thing. It reminded me lyrically in places. 
as in there are some kind of good lines that kind of yeah I like that but I'm not really mm. quite sure what the correct what the bigger point is about yeah. reminded me a bit of Future of the Left Future of the Left mm. the music's not as aggressive as Future of the Left no. um, but yeah anyway going back to what we're saying I I liked my legendary childhood I liked uh, the comedians I liked most of it really yeah I, th- I thought yeah, that the, you, you could apparition pitch. I really liked yeah you, I, you, I got the feeling you didn't like it that much but I, I really I really enjoyed that one. Now, I, I, my, 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 I had two favourites, my legendary childhood, because I think the lyrics and that are the best, and I think that's what, I, I felt good about myself, and, and the album, and the album title, <laughs> through that. <laughs> I thought, musically, I thought Thanks uh, was the best, I really loved that riff. Uh, but for the, for the sentiment, I have to go with My Legendary Childhood. <laughs>
Right, so we're going to play out with uh, one final song, and this is from uh, Malcolm Middleton, whose Summer of 13 album has been out this year. And if you were lucky enough, like me, to be part of the Kickstarter or whatever it was, Pledge Music type support system, uh, you got a little extra bonus oh, CD, yes. uh, which is, I think I think it's the demos, to be fair. I'm not sure if they're, if they're described as demos. but uh, Regardless if they're demos or not, mm. it's that handwritten. It looks like it's it, it looks, drawn with a bio. Right it now, does. Look like, I don't think it. I think it is reproduced. Um, um, but this is this is it's got uh, yeah it's got basically acoustic versions of some of the songs that are on the album. It's a very electronic album. Um, but these are acoustic versions and one or two songs that aren't on the album, including the one we're going to play, which is called "Sharp Exit Stage Right," which seems to be an appropriate song to end the podcast on. Uh, so before we do that, we should say goodbye, Rebel. We should say goodbye to our listener, otherwise they'd be very disappointed. Yes. And so, so to you, listener, from me, Rebel Rickett, I can just say good night. Yeah. And from Kicker Ravels, who was leaving us as we speak. Yes. Exit it's, stage left. Indeed. And from Shrevo Garbanzor, the chief of the whole operation. Arrivederci. <laughs> Vested your welcome, they said to me. The record buying public and music industry. You've been playing the same song, wearing the same hat, but we're bored now. Moved on, don't any more of that. Don't any more of that. What if I take off my hat and write a new tune? Have me back, would you write a glowing view? Probably not, we're fickle, you see And there's no fooling us There are methods today for making songs sound real Goosebump, we pay our angst preset We only want to pretend we feel Malcolm, you may as well just give up Okay then, I'm out of here I'm off to get a real job I'm afraid I may have wasted my life My one chance in this galaxy This universe, these times Take about sharp exit Stage right, sharp exit. Stage right, sharp exit. Stage.